This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week, we're talking about Field of Dreams. We sure are. This movie came out in 1989, (laughs) directed by Phil Aiden Robinson, based on the book by W.P. Kinsella. Screenplay by Phil Aiden Robinson, starring Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones, Ray Liotta, Ray, Ray, uh, you Ray, you Ray, mispronounced, mispronounced it. it. Yeah. It's Ray Bolita. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, also, people like Burt Lancaster, Timothy Busfield, and Timothy James Bush. Old Jones. I can't believe I got credit over James Old Jones. Amy Madigan. Amy Madigan. A young Frank Whaley. Who's From the Whaley, <laughs> Whaley House? Uh, Art Lafleur, uh, Frank Whaley. Uh, he's been in a ton of things, but um, probably his biggest start was in that Jennifer Conley movie, where you get they get trapped in the Target or whatever it was. Oh, but Our now Target? that I see him and I see his credit list, he's the one who gets shot by uh, Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction. That's right? right. Yeah, that's his. That's probably his. His what? Yeah. Oh, what? him. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. Isn't he in Broken Arrow? I, yep, yep, it just he? popped up. Yeah, man, I should put that on my list. Broken Arrow. I can't. That's, Ain't it yeah, cool? Somebody, yeah, somebody put that on your list. <laughs> I got a lot. Of, that was one of my mom's favorite movies because of John Travolta. I got <laughs> a lot to say about it. Yeah, he, apparently he's only in John Travolta films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, that's right. Yeah. All right, uh, well, it is baseball season. Uh, opening day was this, started last this weekend, and so we wanted to do a baseball movie to kick off the new season uh even though we haven't <laughs> beat covid where baseball's treated like it never existed and it's still going on oh, Scott, everything's damn it. good especially yeah. if you're in texas but fucking shit we are coming out of it even here in uh, such a liberal blue state as we are in california people are being allowed back into the uh the buildings and hey whatever hopefully the vaccine everything's taken care of but i just want to talk about baseball uh what what uh, that just because we're talking about it real quick um mm-hmm. Where, where I work every day, they send out an email. Uh, HR does, and they they give out stats based on I think on the like, official California uh, websites. And <laughs> there, there, there is a uh, there's a Reddit a subreddit called a boring dystopia. Um, <laughs> and and it made me think of that today, just because. Oh man, the the death toll for the day was down to twenty one people in California, at least for co- at least official reporting for COVID, and I was like, oh wow, that's really good, and then I thought about that for a second, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, wow, that's depressing. Yes. Um, and it, it is encouraging to see the numbers going down though. So uh, that 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 much of it is good, and uh, I think baseball is kind of coinciding with all this as we start to see people back in the stands and. Hopefully we don't make things worse, but uh, yeah, uh, baseball. 
They better keep that cut out of uh, Bernie in the field, though. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Bernie Sanders or Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, okay. Wait, is is there Bernie Sanders cut out too? Oh, I just don't know. There was that meme that was going around around on the on inauguration day of him sitting there with the mittens. I thought that's what you were talking about. Um. Anyway, yeah, baseball's back. Um, as you guys know, listen to the podcast. I think you know that by now. Scott and I are big baseball fans. Alex. And Alex too. <laughs> Not so much. He knows sports. Well, Alex, Huge Alex is fan. I mean, to say baseball. Alex is a baseball fan would just be oversimplifying things. <laughs> yeah. he, he he enjoys so all sports equally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're talking. We're talking baseball. Medically Kateko. Yeah. So uh, this was my pick. Uh, Feel the dreams. I did not see in the movie theater, uh, but I did see it on home video. I don't remember if my mom rented it or not for me, but I remember watching it young as a kid. Young as a kid. Does that make sense? I remember watching it while yeah. I was a kid. Um. And then multiple times as I got older, this is definitely one of those movies that as a kid, you know, I was just really watching it for the baseball stuff. And there really isn't that much of that in this movie. You know, it's more about him to find out reconnecting with his father. (laughs) Apparently something happened to the Angel game. I'm I'm watching the live update. So, yeah, (laughs) it coincides with exactly what I just saw. Woo! (laughs) Um... So yeah, anyway, this movie, I liked as a kid, but I liked it even more as an adult, even though it's pretty hokey and I'll have, I have some complaints about it. It's still a good tribute to baseball movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, what's your history with this movie? Uh, the only thing I knew about Field of Dreams was from The Critic, <laughs> the the cartoon uh, sitcom from way back when in the 90s, and uh, uh, John Lovett's or the critic uh, used to do like uh, they they used to do like parody sequels to movies. <laughs> like he was introducing <laughs> Field of Dreams two. <laughs> you have this whole thing, and Kevin Costner would be on the field. If you build it, they would come. And then <laughs> Babe Ruth <laughs> walks out through the field. He's like, "Wow, Babe Ruth!" <laughs> First thing he says, "Like, where are all the hookers?" <laughs> he turns around and goes, "Wow, Ty Cobb, where's the nearest clan meeting?" <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> So that's all I knew about Field of Dreams <laughs> before I saw it. I b- before I saw this, the only thing I remembered was I think it was like a Wayne's World skit where they ran a couple of pornos, and, and one of them is is called Field of Dreams. <laughs> and so, Alex, this is the first time you've seen it. Yes. For this. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, all right, we're, about to, we're about to hear another woo. By the way. Okay. <laughs> uh, woo woo, kitty woo. I I. This is one of those movies that's just kind of perennially on uh, whatever network TV or cable or now streaming services. And I've definitely sat down to watch it once all the way through before and then just bits and pieces. I do not remember the last time uh, that, that I play or played, but I, that I watched the whole thing. So it had definitely been a while. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something happened. Laura's screaming in the other room. So. All right, so it sounds like Scott and I are kind of on the same book here. I haven't seen it in a while either, but um, all right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, we're just going to talk about seven items. Uh, I will go first. And my number seven is the one thing I did not like about it watching it this time is the f- fake drama. Like some of these things could have been handled a lot quicker if someone would just would have said something. So like when he wants to go to Boston to meet Terrence Mann. 
And she's like, no, 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 we don't have the money, we don't have the money, we don't have the money, no, no, no. And then he mentions Fenway. She's like, oh, I had a dream that you went to Fenway and had a hot dog with Terrence Mann. Like, really? That information could have been used five minutes ago? You had to know the name of the park before you were going to give that information up? Uh, yeah. That bugged I, me. I, 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 I see where you're coming from, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and then when he's trying to recruit Terrence Mann in his apartment, he's like... He won't tell him anything about baseball. He gets yelled at, kicked out three times before yeah. he finally mentions, like, hey, I want to talk to you about baseball, not about the 60s. Like, I, there were certain things that was like, okay, you're doing this for drama reasons. It, just, well, it was to, a little to, annoying. Yeah, I guess he, he doesn't actually get to the baseball part until he actually is willing to sit down and listen to him. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just say, hey, I'm not talking about the 60s. I want to talk about baseball. I'm pretty sure it, would, it wouldn't have been as bad, but... Hey, I should have force choked the motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's a nitpick. That's my number seven. Alex, what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is uh, one of the few negatives. Another nitpick on my part, Negative. but I, I, I didn't, I did not like the <laughs> intro with the voiceover and everything. It felt like it was tacked on at the beginning, like at, in post. Like, uh, oh, there's not enough uh, history. Of, even though they have uh, the conversation in the VW bus, you know, on the road trip about his dad and everything in the last words that he said when he left, he was 14, blah, blah, this and that. Uh, it, it felt like some studio head or some test screening didn't go well. It's like, oh, we need to, you know, more explanation about his father and the drama and everything. But <laughs> we've already shot the movie. We can't do reshoots. Let's tack on uh, a voiceover with some pictures and everything, and uh, eh, I I did not like it. I it felt yeah no. I I had no problem with it. Normally I I, I do I, this one. I didn't. I think I thought it made sense in the context because nah. you just jump straight to them in Iowa. I was okay with it. Um, nah, I, actually, I'm going to come out in between in that. I don't remember that beginning. Usually, when I watch this now, I find it on cable, so I never see the first <laughs> couple minutes. So, like, I don't even yeah, remember you, any of that. So. Yeah, you kind of don't need it. If he was, if the movie just started from the uh, the black screen with the credits, and then him walking in the field, and then a weird voice whispering him, that'd be awesome. It's, I think that would have improved the movie. But yeah, it's a, it's it's a nitpick because, despite that, you know, the movie's still good. I think I think. Part of the reason for for that opening narration is he he doesn't talk about his dad. Like you see throughout the movie that, that his wife like doesn't know anything about about that guy because he doesn't talk about it because he he's got all those bottled up emotions. Um, so with the narration, he's able to just kind of get that out of the way. Yeah. No. Well, if they planned the script and the shooting better, I think they would have incorporated more of that. You know, within the regular. The schedule, as it were, and, and well, like, of course, this I, is all hypothetical. But a kid, though, that would have been no, of course not. But him going through some agony, going through some flashbacks, maybe, maybe not as a kid, but him leaving on bad terms with his dad, that could have been like a nice little scene that wouldn't take too much time. Uh, again, to me, it just felt like a studio head going, uh, slap on the thing at the beginning to explain the thing about his dad, and let's call it a day. All right, fair enough. Scott, what's your number seven? My number seven is uh, from the, the that sequence when they go to the town of Minnesota. I've already forgotten the name of it, but they're they're trying to learn about uh, Doc, and yeah. uh, James Earl Jones is is in the bar taking notes, and there's the 
there's the one guy that that tells that that blue hat story mm-hmm. that fucking crushed me like <laughs> mm-hmm. i i was watching that and i was like that has to be a real thing just because it, it just felt so genuine and and like that kind of got so emotional yeah yeah exactly and i was looking at the trivia and i and i guess that that is a real story like they they were getting real stories about this guy in this town um so yeah i i was just kind of floored by this little um this little character bit about this guy um you know normally it's uh you always talk about um show don't tell uh, this is like the perfect example of by by telling um, you're, you're getting around all that like by, by this little side story by um, somebody who's not uh, that character uh, and right yeah it was it's like a character it, witness type thing yeah yeah it, it was it was uh, it was just this nice little thing and, and yeah I was like ugh <laughs> like it was, it was really depressing. Yeah, and and sweet at the same time. Um, I was waiting to see when when you went because I kind of forgot about that. And when you go to his office, when you know your ghost version, if you were going to see blue hats in the background or anything, I didn't notice any. But did you guys happen to see any? No, no. no I think yeah, that I think that so. would have been a nice touch if they if they had been a couple laying around. But yeah, I didn't see. Yeah. yeah. Well, they uh, were in boxes. He said they were boxes sure. full of blue hats. That's true. Yeah. That reminded me a little quick side note here. Um, you know, uh, my friend Kenny, he worked at an office, and right, uh, uh, right before no one, I don't know the timeline here, but basically, some lady that he that was there forever, like some secretary, like she had been there forever at their office. She passed away, and uh, they finally got around. And then, meanwhile. While this is happening, the Kings won their first Stanley Cup. They started clearing out her desk, and all they found were just like all this old Kings memorabilia. She was like the biggest Kings fan ever, and she like died like weeks oh. before they oh, won. Oh man! He's like, yeah, I broke him down too because he's like, Kenny has no soul, but he's a big Kings fan. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, even that, he's like, you know me, and that's that brought me down, man. That was rough. <laughs> He's the one who made fun of me for having tears in my eyes when the Kings won the cup. So, F you, <laughs> Kenny. Um, all right, uh, on to my number six. And uh, I found his wife, Annie, to be super annoying in this movie. She was just, all, she was very supportive, which I love, but she just was too neurotic and crazy. And she, you know, she had her, some, some of it made sense and others didn't. Like, like I said, the one time where she's like, you can't go, you can't go, you can't go. And then, oh, I had a dream. Yeah, you should go. I just found yeah. her. Man, I didn't like Annie. There it is. I just, I've always, I just, I never liked her. And this time, Jeff, you heard it here. Jeff has never liked Annie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Different Annie. All right. Um, I for one love the baby. <laughs> Alex, number six. My number six is. I was really surprised because I thought the the end from all I've heard about the movie and all I've seen, you know, which is pretty much nothing. I thought the field was going to be like the MacGuffin, the end thing that happens. And then finally uh, everything comes to fruition. And then, you know, that would be the climax of the film and then credits, but nope. (laughs) Like the voices start like right, like pretty much the first scene with Kevin Costner. You hear the voices. If you build it, they will come. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Don't walk through cornfields. You either get voices or aliens. (laughs) Yeah. 
So I like that the movie wasn't fucking around with this shit. It's like, hey, we're getting to the voices and building the field right fucking now. Like, awesome. Yeah. Do you know, uh, after watching the, the Last Stand, that the cornfields will also completely silence muscle cars. <laughs> I didn't think about what movie we're talking about, but yes, you are right. Oh, yeah. And Blind Fury. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. That, that'll make them even silence louder, gunshots. actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Loudening gunshots. All right, Scott, number six. My number six is actually the the husband-wife relationship. I actually really liked what they they did with their character here and what she was doing with it. Uh, Where I never felt like she was nagging him or or holding him back in any way. And, like, she she had legitimate concerns. Yes. Like, it made sense for her to to, to be hesitant. Um, So I'm I'm not going to blame, like, the the writing on on her. Uh, I I like that that scene uh, with her in the, the... the like giant PTA meeting, which didn't make like, <laughs> town like hall. This, this 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 movie does take a couple big swings on on like small town life and not in a positive way, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I don't know necessarily adds to to the story much. I mean, it, it makes her character more interesting, gives her something to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the relationship. I I, I really liked uh, kind of like Alex was saying. I I didn't remember whether he, whether he was the only one that, that sees the stuff or, or whatever. Um, but I do like. Uh, her and the the daughter both see it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't have to go through that whole thing where you're right. Or he's yeah. like, oh, he's like, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy. You have to hear that for the whole movie, and then he gets validated. Uh, right, like a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I like I like though that they they had that that relationship and they 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 support each other and that, that she's willing to to let him like pl- literally plow their. <laughs> their business under the ground, yeah, yeah. Uh, to yeah. to build this thing, um, yeah. Like they could have, they could have made her shrewish or, or done something like that. But they never, they never did. Yeah, and I said to clarify, I thought, yeah, I said her supporting him was awesome. I just found some of the other character traits just kind of annoying. Um, what I do remember is that whole thing about banning books. I remember watching this as a kid. That was going around our school at the time, like banning Huck Finn and stuff like that. Do you guys remember that? That was a big thing going on and when I was a kid anyway. They wanted to ban Huck Finn because of bad language and racism and stuff. <laughs> and fuck them. <laughs> I just remember this. So I was like, really fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, we're on to what, my number five? Yes. Johnny yeah. five. My number five is just a... <laughs> Cool little moment is when uh, they bring uh, James Earl Jones, Terrence Mann back. He sees them right away, and they're just watching a game of baseball. And just like the four of them just sitting there, they're doing the wave. James Earl Jones doing raspberries, and I got to learn to make that sound so I can do it at the next Angel game I go to. Um, I just really enjoyed that. It was a fun little scene. Yeah. And them just watching a baseball game with a bunch of old timers out there. So that is my number five. Nice. Alex, number five. My number five is <laughs> uh, Ray and Shoeless Joe. Just their first interaction, like him being amazed. First of all, I got to point out, uh, like, uh, it's a little honorable mention that I like the fact that the Shoeless Joe didn't come onto the field until baseball season had officially started. Like, it was the winter, it was snowing and everything, so, you know, you, you saw Kevin Costner in his Christmas sweater and there's nothing out there and everything. He was, you could tell that he was impatient. That this mysterious voice told him to do this and nothing was happening. Uh, and then that, I, I noticed that it was a really nice touch. 
But <laughs> when I they, never thought about uh, yeah, that. Yeah, not me neither. That if that's if that's what they were going for, that's a really good uh, pull, Alex. Yeah. Oh, I thought that, yeah, because TV was, I mean, baseball was Alex on TV. Alex does know sports. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wow. I love baseball. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> uh, Shoeless Joe goes out to the to the outfield, and then Kevin Costner, Ray, finally gets it. Okay, he's, he's, I'm going to throw some out there for you. <laughs> and he flubs. <laughs> it's like nerves or jitters or anything are just out of practice, but he flubs that first one. He's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and Ray Bolita just completely just giving them the stare down. And then he finally gets into the swing of things, and uh, I just Literally. love how much of a goober he is. Just you know, playing with his hero, shoeless Joe Jackson, Joe Johnson, Joe Jackson, Joe Jackson, Joe Jackson. Jackson. So a uh, little bit of trivia: that that ball that he hits after uh, Costner says, "Oh, here comes my curveball," that uh, hits it right back <laughs> yeah. at the mound. That that wasn't scripted. That that was just he threw the I ball. Can't... Lolita. Bolita, sorry. Hit it uh-huh. right back up to him, and then he just stayed in character. That was awesome. I can't see how you would, like, in 89? I mean, the, the special effects, I mean, to actually script and do that would have looked wonky at best. I, I mean, it wouldn't have been that tough. No, but you would have been able to tell. It was like, oh, okay. Well, you just put cartoon. it in the back, because they don't actually see it from the, the long shot. Somebody threw a, ball, a baseball, and then you just put in the sound of the bat. I just, guess yeah, you could threw have, yeah. it at him or something. Yeah, you yeah, could have yeah. done it that way. But, but uh, Costner, to his uh, lack of acting, he was a baseball player. Yeah, he he's like yeah. one of the better. Like I think we talked about this. Like uh, Chuck Sheen. Yeah, like Bull Durham, yeah. Tim Robbins. Like <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. Of it. No. Yeah. <laughs> his his form is awful. Yeah, I was wondering if like Ray Liotta's. I, I there wasn't too much of him doing stuff, but I don't know. He didn't, didn't make an ass out of himself. Like right again, uh, again more trivia. Um, Shoeless Joe actually batted left, also not just uh, through, um, mm-hmm. but you know Lolita couldn't do that, so um, they they just let him bat right handed. Uh, but they yeah. they did have him practice. Like they actually brought out like some baseball guy to to coach him up. Nice. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, Ray. Oh, let's see if you can hit my curveball. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, Scott, number five. Okay, my number five uh, is, is the actual field itself. Um, there, there is something that that is just. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know that. That millions and millions of dollars goes into just not even the stadiums themselves, which cost like billions these days, but just an exorbitant amount of, of money and effort goes into to making these these fields um, just look nice, uh, and uh, it, it always um, I, I don't know it, it, it's always a uh, I don't a comfort thing I guess. Um, you know, when I haven't seen some of these fields in a long time, um, but you know, in this case you get to see the, the final uh, product of the field and yeah, it, it really is beautiful. Um, you mm-hmm. know, you don't necessarily have to like baseball, um, as they go on ad nauseum in this movie about how beautiful it is out there in the middle of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it just looks really nice, you know, with the, with the corn in the background. Um, yeah, it, it's 
they actually did film this in Iowa, I think, uh, as, as the, the trivia goes. Um, Isn't the field still out there? I think it is, yeah. Like a tur- or like a, a replica, thing? I'm sure. Yeah, they, they were going to have... They were actually going to have a game in 2020, but stuff happened. Like an MLB <laughs> game. Uh, yeah, it was like Yankees-Red Sox or something. Oh, it was right? like supposed to be White Sox, actually. But uh, Oh, that makes more sense. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it didn't. It obviously didn't happen. Also, I think they yeah. would have had to like move the cornrows back quite a ways. <laughs> but, yeah, just play out in the field. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, if you can catch it out in the corn, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's on you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it just, it's, like, everybody talks about how nice it is in the movie, and it, it really is, and, uh, it'd be, it would be yeah, cool I, to, to see a game played there, for sure. Yeah. No other field, like, I think it's baseball fields and, like, maybe golf, where it's, like, the serenity of the field itself is part of the sport, right? Like, yeah, I think you really the get serenity that in football is, yeah. or... Thank you. That that's that's a very good uh, adjective for, that, for what I was trying to convey there. Look at me using vocabulary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'll say nothing. Nothing. No other sport gets romanticized as much as baseball does, too. Yes. At least here in America, obviously. Yeah. I, I will mm-hmm. say this. So this is whenever they filmed this that game that they were at in eighty eight, eighty nine. Fenway <laughs> looks like such a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I imagine a lot of the parks compared to now also probably looked awful, but Jesus, like Fenway just looks terrible. It looks so much better now. Yeah, and I because I've been to Fenway, but that was I've been in 2015 or something. And yeah, that yeah, it looked a lot better then than it did in this movie. And that was a uh, Ricky Henderson. You see him fly out to the uh, outfield. Yeah, I was like, that looks like Ricky Henderson. And sure, if he turned around, and it was his 24. I mean, I'm assuming it was Ricky Henderson anyway. Um, okay. Angels won, by the way. Holy yeah. crap. Woo! Come back, kids. Yeah. Cardiac kids. Four and one. Can't Ooh. wait for the rest of the season for us to go 158 and... <laughs> one. Or, sorry. Four and 158. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. There it is. Um, all right. Uh, that was... What, what are we at now? My number four? Yes. I think. Uh, my number four is the chemistry between uh, James Earl Jones and Kevin Costner. I thought all the scenes with them together, like once James Earl Jones enters the movie, I think it's really good. And I don't know if it's chemistry, but whatever it is, the scenes between them, I enjoyed a lot, especially when they're with the you know when they're combative at first and he's yelling at his face and oh my god, you're from the sixties, <laughs> all that stuff, and he's just spraying him with the Godfather poison and the. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm going to hit you with this crowbar. Starts <laughs> chasing after him. You're a pacifist. Yeah. Damn it. I thought, that's not a gun. That's a finger. All that stuff with them I thought was really good. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, I think my favorite bit between the two of them was actually when they're in the van. And he talks about how um, the reason he, he kind of rebelled against his dad because he read his book. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, don't put that crap on me." Like, it's like super yeah. bitchy about it, like crying right away. Yeah. yeah, and I'm trying to think. I haven't seen too many movies with uh, James Earl Jones, and most of them he's either oh, I mean, he's obviously the bad guy in Darth Vader and in Conan. Mm-hmm. And what else? My Sandlot, I guess he's just an old man neighbor. I think he, rep- thinking- he reprises his role. 
the same role. <laughs> George. That's after he after he comes back from the field. <laughs> yeah. And then as like a top like government agent and like the what sneakers? Tom the Tom Clancy movies oh, yeah. and stuff, right? But that too. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was just good to see him as like a friendly, just man. I don't know. Or not a lion. <laughs> this is and not a lion. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, number four. My number four is I was not ready for how funny this movie was. <laughs> it's a really like gut busting laugh out moments for me, and I was not ready for that. It was really good. <laughs> like what? Uh, well, like a lot of the stuff, you know, when he first meets uh, Terrence, Terrence Mann and the thing. Uh, oh, shit, there's a lot of other stuff. Okay, mostly, mostly them was pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, damn it, I'm trying to think. The small town when they're doing the, the interviews and stuff. A lot of that was poignant, more than funny. But uh, oh no, yeah, the whole town hall thing was hilarious. I love yeah, that. That was funny. Uh, but yeah, when when he's chasing him after him with the crowbar, and he falls over. <laughs> You're a yeah, pacifist. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, All right, great, Scott. Number four. I'm number four, uh, kind of in line with with what Alec was saying. I'd forgotten how quotable this movie was. So there's there's obviously the if you build it, he will come, mm-hmm. um, and I think that was on the AFI top 100 quotes, probably. Uh, but uh, you know that that's probably the most remembered line. But I don't even think that's the best line in the movie. The uh, they have some really great lines here. Um, the, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Uh, they, actually, yeah, they, actually, yeah. they actually double up on that one. Um, the uh, I hear a pacifist. Shit. Uh, uh, pretty much anything that that is coming out of uh, James Earl Jones's mouth when he's when he's angry mm-hmm. is, is really good. Um, just the uh, uh, the the speech that he gives. Um, you talk about romanticizing baseball. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> that speech. Yeah, uh, it's it's still still really good stuff. Uh, it's it's very engrossing. Um, the uh, the the line at the end, which I'll I'll save uh, for, for later down my list. Um, <laughs> the one that Jeff hates. Uh, I don't know that we're talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. We are. Okay. Yeah. Um, in anyway, uh, yeah, just just a lot of uh, quotable, quotable lines the, that I'd, I'd forgotten. There, there's some some good writing here. Some good dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, my number three is the iconic voiceover, the voice in the field. It's you know, if you build it, you will come. Ease his pain. Go the distance. It's weird never really explained whatever I mean, that's what this movie is it doesn't need to explain it but <laughs> i i did see that in the credits like rumored that it's um ed hell not ed helms ed, <laughs> that would be probably, when he was a kid he was probably yeah, yeah. I don't know when he was ed now. harris is the voice but right. it says rumored in imdb so i don't know if it's him or not but yeah. mm. do you know why that's the rumor because that's nope. that's amy madigan's husband in real life oh hey. did not know that 
But anyway, yeah, if you build it, he will come. That is the line everyone takes away from me. But like Scott said, there are better lines. That's the line mm-hmm. that comes from this movie that people take away. And uh, yeah, that's my number three. Alex. Real quick, speaking of the, the voice, I love it when Kevin Costner is like, okay, I must have just been hearing things. He walks off screen. There's just a shot of corn. And then you just hear, if you build it, he will come. And then Costner just runs back at the frame going, all right, what the hell? What's going on? That was great. Uh, I thought he was going to break the fourth wall there for a second. But, uh, thankfully, he didn't. It's still funny. Uh, anyways, my number three is Annie. I, I absolutely did love her character. Oh, she, wow. Uh, she, <laughs> she was definitely a child of the 60s, you could tell. Not only because I was told that in the opening you know, monologue, but you could see it through her actions and everything, especially in that PTA town hall, was phenomenal. It was great. But at the same time, she was a wife and a mother, so she was grounded in reality about paying the bills and... You know, we've sunk all this money into the field that I love. I'm not going to take that away from you, but we got to figure some shit out in order to keep everything. Uh, her being very supportive. Uh, not She wasn't dismissive. Uh, you know, how it, it, I hate this trope in movies where the husband does something crazy and the wife all of a sudden is like, oh, I don't believe you. I'm never going to believe you. This is just a horse shit. You need a, you know, a mental institution or something. Uh, she doesn't do any of that. And uh, yeah, overall, she's just a, a great character. All right, Scott, number three. Number three is is that the James Earl Jones speech uh, when uh, I'm not sure if he's. I guess he is trying to convince Ray to not sell, uh, but. Uh, yeah, he's saying it more to the audience than to anybody else. Uh, it's it's good stuff, you know. I I really do wish mm-hmm. that 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 baseball had had all those those things he was kind of attributing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still it's still nice to 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 think about, um, and just James Earl Jones is just he's got the pipes, <laughs> uh, and he's he's just so good at, at giving these these speeches. Um, his, his intonation and the way that, that he pauses. He's just a very powerful speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice that the, the speech is, at the end of the day, it's just about baseball, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, you either like baseball or you don't. Uh, and I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't want to say it validates me enjoying baseball, uh, but uh, it's nice to know that there, there's stuff like this out there. Mm-hmm. My only gripe with his speech is he has a line about sitting on in shirt, shirtless sleeves on a perfect afternoon, and I disagree because I think the best way to watch, watch baseball is in a hot summer night. That's I agree. I opinion. do. I do not want to be out in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I love a hot. I always say like baseball in the spring is kind of it gets cold and nippy out there, man. Give me a nice summer night. It's a hot day. The first couple innings are kind of brutal. But then sunsets, and it's just a nice night of watching baseball and drinking beer. Noise. Spending $1,000. Yeah. All right. He doesn't talk about that in his speech either. No, <laughs> the they, money part. They, they, definitely, they definitely gloss over some of baseball's more <laughs> yeah, 
disreputable past in this movie too. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's not this movie. I mean, yeah. they talk about the one yeah. bad thing, the the gambling thing, obviously with the White Sox. But. They do. I mean, it briefly mentions like about how uh, Martin Luther King got assassinated. But that was like as close as they really come. You know, I think it's the real reason there's like like why Ty Cobb wasn't there. They just kind of lampshade that whole thing, where they they just think he's an asshole, so that's why he's not around. Mm-hmm. That was a fun joke, though. We no one liked him back then. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so he told him to stick it. Then he, yeah, then he gives the the good fellows laugh. <laughs> that was yeah. a good fellows laugh. All right, uh, my number two is like pretty much everything with the Moonlight Graham. Uh, all we guys already talked about the poignant moments with his with the wife and his hats. Him giving that speech about you know one more time to run, you know, stretching a double into a triple, hitting the dirt, grabbing the bag, just making baseball sound way more yeah. <laughs> cool than it is at that point. Awesome. And yeah. then him getting his at bat, winking at the pitchers, all that stuff, and then having to give it all <laughs> up to music. what he was yeah. born to be was the doctor, not a ball player, and yeah. saving a little girl's life. That was I, I, of the few tear moments in the movie. That one is. One of the first ones, I think. I, I, I like yeah. the that the the sequence of the up. It's like, aren't you gonna give a warning? <laughs> yeah, don't get killed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, he he winked at me. Yeah. <laughs> don't wink at him. <laughs> but yeah, just all of that. Like I said, him crossing the line to save the little girl. That's what he was born to do. Not play baseball, and just it's awesome. Lancaster. Yep. <laughs> Lancaster. Mm-hmm. I also, as a short aside, I also like how Kevin Costner knows that this ghost is going to be able to cross the line and physically touch his daughter to save her life. It's like, you don't know that. I know. I know they shake, point... hands in it, they shake hands and everything, and he was able to open the... Well, maybe. I mean, that, when he got was... in the van, he was opening the, the van door and everything. So, ah. you're, you're right. That was the one point where I thought the, the wife should have been like, no, I'm fucking calling the ambulance. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm, I'm calling emergency still. We don't know if this ghost is going to be able to do anything. That is true. You're not going to take that. <laughs> that's where I cross. That's where you cross the line, there, Costner. Yeah. She didn't yield. <laughs> she did. She shouldn't have yielded. <laughs> so yeah, Moonlight Graham is my number two. Alex. Uh, my number two. I think this is the first list ever where I have the, my top three spots is just actors in the movie. Uh, because I, honestly, I couldn't pick just one thing to be in like my top three and everything of anything they did. They were so good. And Costner, I love in this movie. He is very apt at playing like uh, a, a bit player. of a yeah no well yeah baseball player <laughs> but a bit of a simpleton. He wasn't supposed to be like a, a badass archer or a badass gunman or a great detective or any bullshit like that. He was just some guy from Iowa that he, he didn't even want the farm. He was, his wife talked him into it, into being a farmer and everything. And he, and he was kind of, you know, just the average Joe and everything, not knowing, uh, you know, what to do and everything. He was just going by his gut really. And, uh, like I, I, that's why I didn't fault him when he didn't immediately blurt out. I want to talk about baseball when he met, you know, Terrence Mann, because it's like, he's kind of dumb. He doesn't know. So I, uh, that was fine with me. The one thing that I didn't like, and, and this really brought the movie down a notch for me, was at close to the end, uh, was talking about how 
he wanted to see what's on the other side of the corn and what's in it for me and everything. It's like, I thought that was a bit too far for his character. Uh, at, at first, when the voice talked to him the second time and that he was mad at the voice and everything, I was like, dude, you just got an amazing magic field where you got to play with one of your favorite baseball, dead baseball players from when you were a kid. Like, why are you mad at the voice for? And then again at the end, it's like, what's in it for you, motherfucker? You got a magic field where you get to see, like, titans of the game play. They're dead. They're ghosts. And you get to see that for free. Well, not for free, but you built this thing. Definitely this is what you get out of it. Yeah. But still, and it was, you know, it's like, well, I mean, he's kind of stupid, so he doesn't realize that going beyond the field, you know, you're fucking dead. You can't do that if you're alive. Yeah, but I still think it's a very human reaction to what happened there. So I, I won't blame him for that. Like, I think that you did all this, you spent all this money, you went on this entire adventure. And it seems and... like everybody else is getting, like, these, yeah, yes. getting rewarded. Yeah. You do get a magic field, but, I mean, no, so did his family. So did Ter- uh, Terrence Mankins. But, no, he gets to go into the corn and stuff. So I can see it. It's a human reaction. And if he probably sat back and thought about it, you're right. He would have come to a realization that, hey, I do have this. I do have heaven here on earth, all that stuff. But I think I think it was a very human reaction in that moment. Nah. Okay. I still didn't like it. it that right, made me enough. hate his character a little bit. And it's like, uh, no. All right. Uh, Scott, number two. My number two is is uh, James Earl Jones and Burt Lancaster in this movie. I feel, I feel like both of them just kind of have extended uh, versions of uh, <laughs> from Wayne's World 2 and they... <laughs> they replaced the, oh, the gas station attendant with, with Chuck Heston. <laughs> that one day on Bourbon Street, whatever the line is. Um, so they both feel like they just, both of them are just bringing so much gravity to, to the screen. Um, uh, Burt Lancaster, you know, just kind of plays the whole thing with a kind of a, a wink, uh, you know, pun intended. No, don't, don't wink. Yeah, don't wink. Uh, <laughs> But just like uh, this is might have been his last like uh, cinematic role, uh, but but anyway, um, you know, just bring in that 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 kind of uh, experience to to the screen to the character, um, you know, just just watching him, um, you know, talk about yeah, he his one wish is for all this baseball stuff, but the they it's almost a throwaway line. About how the real tragedy would have been if he'd only been a doctor for five minutes, um, you know. So yeah, that was really so that, that's his wish. But like he he says like that's his wish, but he has no regrets. Um, and then yeah, the when when he's walking to the corn at the end or walking toward the corn, and everybody's like, "Good job, doc. Good job, doc." Like like ah, that's so crushing. Um, mm-hmm. And then just James Earl Jones. Um, yeah, it's it's. Like you guys are saying, like it's really a shame that that you don't really, like at least we haven't seen. Maybe we need to hunt some of these down. But um, movies where he gets to spit stuff out like this, you know, uh, you know, between like this and the Sandlot, um, the, the, these roles that, he, that he's playing are, are both just they're, they're so. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of reminded of like I don't know, like Pat Morita, just like warm, where you just want to sit around and listen to the guy talk. Like dispense mm-hmm. wisdom, um, yeah. They, they're both just uh, the, the the they both elevate the movie to uh, a, I think the movie 
good, um, but they they take it to kind of the, a, a higher level. Mm-hmm. Okay, agreed. Yep, and my number one is ending with his dad. Hey, dad, want to have a catch? I'm gonna cry about it. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. except I want to cry. Well, I cry for two reasons. One is emotionally. Because it's a sweet scene, and you know, if you if you were a kid playing baseball, most likely you know your dad's the one who started playing catch with you, or mom. But for the most cases, it's dad. And uh, but the fact that it says "have a catch," get out of here! <laughs> I knew it. I'm trying. <laughs> Every time we talk about this, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually researching right now. Like, is this a colloquialism? Yeah, like, but uh, everywhere I'm looking, everyone says play catch. So the only thing I've ever heard this from is Field of Dreams. So I, I don't know. But it's, uh, either way you say it, it's still very emotional. And, um, yeah. Uh, you know, like, I'll call, uh, the whole thing about it being about his dad and him showing up and all this is great. But it's the, you know, he voice kind of cracks as he asks him and stuff. Have a catch with his dad at the end of the movie is my number one. Alex. My number one is James Earl Jones. James uh, Earl Jones. Yeah, just fantastic work on like the, the half of the movie that he's in. It's awesome. that uh, Getting to meet him as an angry old, angry old man. <laughs> Almost beating Kevin Costner to death. Spraying him with, <laughs> with the poison. And then getting turned around and everything because I love that line. It's, just, it's like, I don't believe you, but you got passion. And he wishes that he still had some of that left. <laughs> and right after that, Kevin Costner turns the BW bus to go back to town. And fucking Darth Vader's right in front of the van. <laughs> ready to, like, force stop him. Like, holy shit. That, that made me jump a little bit. It's like, holy crap. Oh, this is a really great shot, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Ah, oh, that speech. Uh, they will come. Uh, with yeah, the whole describing baseball and everything, pretty much laying out the blueprints for why he shouldn't sell the field and whatnot, and then getting invited. Uh, that that was heartbroken because as, as soon as I knew, as soon as he said, "Hey, why don't you come with us?" and it was him. It's like, oh shit, it's his time. He, he's got to go. And he's talking about coming back and writing about it and everything. It's like, yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> so, so I did. I did like part of his speech was about. You know that that they can all people can come watch the game and be children again. And mm-hmm. when he's walking into the corn, like his reaction to yeah. like stepping out there, he's just kind of oh, giggling. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like like he is a little kid. And he was looking back at Sam on the shore, <laughs> mm-hmm. poking his hand through and everything before he finally walks in. Yeah, that was awesome. And the James Earl Jones and the aliens got him. <laughs> James L. Jones. All right, we're always going to say that. All right, Scott, number one. Uh, number one is the, the have a catch thing. I, I I can barely talk about it. <laughs> I think, I think uh, you, you you basically laid it out. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the movie did a great job of leading to that point where you learn that, that he really is hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, I, I, I would say the one thing that's a little tad ridiculous is like, you know, finally when I turned 17, I left and I said something very terrible to my dad. And then it's basically like, Sula Joe Jackson's a bum. Like, <laughs> really? That's the, I can think of a million worse things you can say to your father as you left 
house, right? Like yeah. that was a little. Yeah. yeah. See, this is that. That's a part of the movie where, uh, if they had built it out better, or if if they had that in mind to show how how huge of a fan of baseball and Shoeless Joe his dad was, then that would have been a bit more impactful. That's but I can see that. Yeah. But still, you can mm-hmm. still. You're a terrible father. I hate you. <laughs> Nobody like. I don't know, but. Yeah, I'd be like my kid saying, Donkey Kong sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, very think. emotional scene. That's when we were watching it today, and that's when I decided to go do the dishes. When that <laughs> oh, man, I got soap in my eye. Yeah, Chrono Trigger is overrated. <gasps> Said get out of my house. All right, very good list. Uh, any honorable mentions? Uh, yes, uh, Fallout music right at the beginning. <laughs> they had Fallout Three music, and it was like, "Oh, it was." <laughs> Did you recognize this cut? No, when he was at the when he was at the store saying, "It's like you know, out there in the field, you know, I hear how farmers, you know, hear voices and everything." While he was getting like the mulch or the seeds or whatever the fuck farmers get at, at the store. <laughs> in the background, they had the the old timey song "Crazy" going on. Yeah, the crazy. Patsy Klein. Oh, Patsy Klein. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. I, I like that scene. I thought it was a little on the nose, but I, I thought it was funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought the same. same thing. He's crazy. <laughs> oh, they're going to play some Patsy Klein. Yeah. But yeah, Fallout song. All right. Well, with that, it's time to rate it. Uh, as usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven. One being garbage, seven being perfection. Well, this is not my favorite baseball movie. It is definitely up there really pretty high. We'll find out a little bit later. Um, I give this a six. I've rewatched it enough times that I can't not have it as a six. So there it is for me. Mm-hmm. Alex. This was, for me, honestly, this was almost a seven for me because I was so just, the gut punches kept coming. Not only did it have laugh out loud moments, but I was really tearing up. Like I had to, I had to get like, uh, which Kleenex and stuff, for for some of these moments. But the movie making me hate Kevin Costner for his selfishness at the end just blew it for me. So it's it's a high six, almost a seven. Okay, Scott, uh, also give it a six. When I when I said to watch this, I, I don't think I was intending to to do that. Um, just based on um, me remembering the movie, but. Yeah, just some of the stuff in this movie just absolutely floored me. Like, I, like at an emotional level, I was I was not ready to deal with some of it. Um, so the fact that the movie was able to to push those buttons with me means uh, it, it was definitely doing something right. Uh, this, this is the odd one because I don't think I want to watch this again anytime soon, <laughs> which <laughs> which flies in the face of of kind of how we rate these movies. Um, but yeah, I, I will give it a six. Yeah, I think it's just definitely one that, as we get older, it means a little more because as we're dealing with our <laughs> age and, you know, our fathers and stuff, I think it definitely hits a lot stronger than when we were kids and you're just like, yeah, I want to see him steal second <laughs> or whatever, right? Like, why is he doing Willie Mays Hayes stuff? <laughs> All right, well, our crossover, we had two choices. One, men, movies that make men cry, but we went the easy route and we just did top baseball movies. So... I think that's smart. Even though I think we may have done this before. And by say movies, video games, TV shows, 
music. You know, we can do uh, gathering crowds if you wanted to, I guess, if you wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, my number five is Moneyball. I'm trying to pick different types of baseball movies in this list. So we got the management side here. And, uh, you know, you is... know what my favorite part about Moneyball is? <laughs> Where they don't play baseball? No. Yeah, when that when they lose to the Angels in the second yes. round. Or, well, no, they don't even lose to the Angels. They don't even make it to the Angels. They lose to the Twins, who they lose to the Angels. That's right. Yeah. 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 So they did good in the regular season. That's and good then, writing. Pff, the playoffs. <laughs> good writing yeah um but it's i just watched it again recently i think uh brad pitt and uh jonah hill are really good in this and just it's it's a good like i said it's a management movie uh you even got what's the star lords playing uh the first baseman i forgot his name now yeah i can't Hatterberg. chris pratt yeah it's chris yeah it's chris pratt but the ball player i think Scott it's Hatterberg. Hatterberg. yeah okay i think so thank god so he plays in this. this is before he was this is even before parks and rec yeah um or maybe during. I don't know. But I did think it was funny in that, that, that movie that... Uh, so his assistant in real life was supposed to be uh, Paul D. Podesta. Um, and for whatever reason, that guy didn't want his name used in the movie. So they just made up a different name for that guy. Oh, I didn't know that. It's still based on a real person, though. All right. So, yeah. Um, there it is. is. Paul, Number five. Paul Desposito. That, that, that's, that's a movie where they like... They they try to to show like the business of baseball and then it turns into a like they literally say like how could you not be romantic about baseball by the end of it <laughs> yeah that's true just like even even that movie was not immune yeah. no all right Alex number five my number five is rookie of the year I loved that movie when I was a kid uh, <laughs> scientifically implausible <laughs> of course. Well, so is uh, Field of Dreams, so don't worry. Well, it, it, well, Field of Dreams is more like a magic miracle type of movie. This is like science. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Giving him, and then he breaks his arm again, but he's fine, but he doesn't have the magic speed again at the end. Uh, but yeah, that movie's awesome. I love Rookie I, of the Year. I dare one of you guys to put that on your list. <laughs> Whoa. Um. All right. I don't think I've ever seen that movie all the way through. I know my brother liked it. He probably watched it with him all the time or whatever. But I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just know it's the guy from American Pie and he breaks his arm and throws really far. The, the guy that isn't the pie fucker. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> not the pie fucker, yeah. <laughs> all right, Scott, number five. Uh, my number five is Mr. Baseball. Yeah. Uh, that we've covered oh, on shit. this podcast. How can I um, leave that out of my list? So... <laughs> I, I like this one because out of all all these, these different baseball, there's basically like, like, I don't know, three different kinds of baseball movies. One where they're they're about the pros, um, and I include like Bull Durham in that stuff about kids doing stuff like Bad News Bears, Sandlot, mm-hmm. um, and this one, and then there's kind of like this one, which is also the pros, but it's just showing like completely different side of baseball. Um, and in this case, I think the only movie I can think of that really dives into the Japanese baseball league. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to see how, how baseball is different. Um, and they, they do show a lot of baseball in this movie. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the whole thing's a lot of fun with the, the Japanese background, um, and how he's, he's kind of a fish out of water. Um, but eventually is, is, is able to, um, adapt 
So yeah, Mr. Baseball. You know, now that you mention it, it would be kind of cool if they did a remake, but it's of a Korean baseball player that comes over here. Huh? I mean, there are Korean players in the league. Yeah, I know. That's why it would be cool <laughs> to have a remake of the movie or a spiritual sequel or whatever, but with the other way around. Well, then it would be a Japanese player coming over here. No, because there's more Korean players over here now. But if it's the exact opposite... No, I still think there's more I Japanese I didn't say players. opposite. Just Alex, Alex, okay. I, I, Alex, I honestly don't know if you're right or wrong about that. I'm curious to know why you think there are more Korean baseball players than Japanese baseball players. That's because... Leah will kill you. a completely unbiased reason, <laughs> Korea is the best. Okay. And better than Japan in every way. I, I heard in... in Hi! In, in, in the... the the KBO, the, the Korean Baseball League, um, like you know, you know, here in America they have like the Kiss Cam or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, I guess I think it's Korea. Like some comic was talking about this, where they they have a beer cam where if the camera zooms in on you and you have a beer, you're supposed to chug it. That's awesome. Yeah, I like I like that. I like that, I like that a lot. See? <laughs> the, the baseball player that comes Ryu Hujin that comes over here goes, "Where's the beer cam?" Where aren't the, he's, where's the chugging? See? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also wish, I don't know if it's in Korea, but I know it's in Japan. They have the waiters and waitresses come, or the I guess the, the vendors. They have like a backpack with beer. They just come to you and they just pour a cup in front of you and just serve it to you right there. Oh, in your seat. Hell yeah. We're, awesome. we're going one of these days. Let's do it. I know. Yep. I already said if I ever went to Japan, I would definitely oh, yeah. I'd go during yeah. baseball season and go to a baseball game. I guess the same for Korea. Yeah, let's go to Korea. Let's, let's do both. They're close. Just get a boat. <laughs> yeah, we'll ferry over. <laughs> um, all right, we're on to my number four, and that would be. So this is where I would have Bill the Dreams, but I won't use it because I try not to use that movie here. So in place of that, I put Sandlot. Um, we we reviewed this movie. Um, we talked about it a lot. <laughs> Jones. To me, baseball Forever. is life. And I was good at it, too. Oh, and Babe Ruth is also in Field of Dreams. That's right. It's Art Lafleur. Yeah. I think he, all he does is play baseball players. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Because <laughs> I want to say he's in like a league of their own. I think he's in a bunch of movies. He's a baseball player or manager or some kind of thing. Um, all right. That's my number four, Sandlot. So, Alex, what's your number four? Uh, I have this as my number four because the movie isn't about baseball, but there's a huge baseball like climactic scene at the end. And that's the Naked Gun, Angel Stadium. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, I didn't think about that. It's awesome. Ah, must kill uh, the queen. Who is the right fielder, Alex? Uh, that was a shoeful Joe Jackson, the great great grandson. <laughs> shoeful. He was full of shoes. Jesus. All right. <laughs> The best part about that is the the blooper reel. <laughs> yeah, a fucking tiger gets that guy. Another one gets hit by a car. What was it? A Pontiac? Something? Yeah, the guy the guy gets decapitated. <laughs> he jumps up. How about him. that? <laughs> yeah. Look how long he's like Jim Palmer's face. Yeah. All right, Alex. I mean, sorry, Scott. Number four. I'm number four is uh, jumping into TV. An episode of Futurama, which I've, I've talked about I a few times. I fucking knew it. That's why I didn't put it on my um, list. Uh, the name of the episode is Leela of Her Own. 
but it's all about Blurns Ball, which is the the, the future version of baseball. Mm-hmm. And they, they they make plenty of jokes about how the the rules to, to Blurns Ball are ridiculous and don't make any sense. And then Fry's like, yeah, that's baseball. <laughs> is is the joke but uh so much great stuff going on in this episode um the they, they have they actually have hank aaron voice two characters in this um voice himself as a head in one of those jars but also himself as as hank aaron like the 25th or 24th or something like that who's the worst baseball player of all time <laughs> um and at one point they they drink the water out of the the wade boggs jar and it goes ooh, wait boggs goes down smooth um, just a lot of a lot of great baseball jokes uh in, in this uh yeah I, I love that episode very cool all right uh, my number three has already been said mr baseball um i remember I, we probably talked about this when we did the episode but just real quick we i watched it as a kid did not really like it that much i don't know it wasn't and then we watched it it's already probably 15, 16 years ago. I remember I had like yeah. a, I had a bunch of people over. We're going to watch a bunch of baseball movies and then we're going to watch opening day or whatever. And that was someone decided that we should watch that. And I loved it. And I've watched it, you know, every other year since then. It's a great movie. <laughs> Tip your cap. Yeah. It's Alex's favorite line. All right. Alex, number three. Uh, my number three is Major League. Oh my gosh. That's another one of those uh, movies that I saw as a kid. Just awesome. Wild Thing. Who's the best? Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, Scott's dad as uh, the coach. <laughs> just all around. Yeah, all around. I can see that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's awesome. All the way around. Great comedy. Great baseball movie. Go watch it, people. <laughs> all right. Scott. Number three. Number three. Um, going back to TV again. And that's the the Simpsons, the Homer and Bad episode. Um, I'll save save talking about this if you guys have have this on your list. I don't. I do. You do? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I just want to. I just want to say, um, I, I was brushing up on this episode and I'd forgotten about <laughs> what happens to Wade Boggs. Like, this is, <laughs> the, the way the way he gets taken out is probably the funniest one, and I completely <laughs> forgotten all about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, <laughs> Pit the Elder. <laughs> this is the greatest Prime Minister of England. <laughs> oh, God. Lord Bobblestop. Yeah. <laughs> Pit the Elder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my number two is the Bad News Bears. Um, nice. Love this movie. I've watched it more recently and I think it was even better as I got older just just how inappropriate it is for I mean, you could not make this movie now or do anything yeah. I mean, he's okay. Walter Matthau pouring in his whiskey in his tall boy he yeah, takes a sip bo- pours it until overflows yeah yeah boiler makers and he puts all the kids in the back of his convertible they're not even buckled in they're sitting on the top and yeah mm-hmm. so did it do that uh, did uh what's him what's him call it Billy Bob Crudup, whatever. What's his name? <laughs> Billy Bob the remake? Crudup. Uh, yeah. yeah Bill, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Did I have he do not that seen that version. Yeah, so I, I haven't know. seen it either. So yeah. Yeah, neither have mm. I. That that right, has, uh, has Rorschach in it. Oh. 
Oh, it does? <laughs> they're on the field with him. Yeah, the, <laughs> Not, the kid uh, that the, plays the Kelly field. Right. That's also Rorschach from Watchmen. Nice. All right, Alex, number two. Number two is The Sandlot. Oh, my gosh. That's one I watch pretty much yearly <laughs> during summer. It's such a fucking good movie. I love Andy it. Andy Peppercorn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Been planning it for years. The s'mores. S'more what? The story with the fucking junkyard dog <laughs> forever. Hercules, James <laughs> Earl Jones. Forget about it. I could talk all day about this movie. Pickle awesome. the Beast. Yeah. You mean Pickle the Beast? Set. Oh, man. I don't know who I went to the game with. I, it could have been with Laura. It could have been with you, Scott. It could have been with my brother. Or it was a like a Saturday night angel game where they did the fireworks afterwards. And then you could bring a blanket, go down, sit on the field, and they showed Sandlot on the Jumbotron after the game. Oh, I've, I've, awesome. I think I've been to games where you could do that. I hadn't. I obviously didn't sit on a blanket with you on the, on the field. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> did not. I didn't sit on the blanket either, but I just remember it was a thing that was going on afterwards. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that, that would be cool to do. All right, Scott, mm-hmm. I think they believed us that we didn't sit on a blanket together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phew, our, our masculinity is intact. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Scott, number two. All right, sorry, some mic issues here. Um... What's my, he doing over there? Yeah, my, my number two is, is also the Sandlot. You sitting on a blanket with him too? Uh, so, it, like this, this and uh, uh, Major League are the, like the two movies I really remember seeing in the theaters. So. That's, yep. Uh, yep, Sandlot. We can talk about that one all day. And we have. That's Just like my number one, which is Major League. Uh, by far my favorite baseball movie. Of all time, this is like the you know the same level as a uh, slap shot for me in hockey, where it's just it, it's the adult version, right? It's obviously it's the majors, it's the bigs, and just I think it's just it's such a good movie. You know, we talk, talked co- about like all these other movies, how they romanticize it or over romanticize it, and yeah, basically does it really not. doesn't. <laughs> no. And you have everything from the players, the coaches, management, and the fans even just being just like. Just those gung ho fans showing up, doing the wave to start them, and just bitching at each other when stuff doesn't go right. It's just, it's, it's awesome. And then, just a bit outside. Yeah, the announcer, <laughs> kind of Bob Euchre himself, makes the movie. <laughs> ball four, <laughs> ball eight, <laughs> ball six, ball twelve. Apparently, laying out pitches these close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think something that Major League does a little bit different than most. I, mean, I guess the Sandlot doesn't, but the does it too but but there, it's an ensemble um, so every you get a lot of characters to fill out a baseball team which has a lot of people on it um, mm-hmm. whereas something like a lot Kevin Costner's baseball movies um, there's only like three or four guys that are, that are really uh, getting getting the screen time there yeah major league we, are, yeah, we mentioned Wesley Snipes and Charlie Sheen but you also have like Roger Corbett Roger Corbin, is that right? Well, it was Roger Corbin, who is, is a famous uh, the director. That's what I'm getting. What's his name? Uh, Corbin Dorn. There you go. Corbin Corbin Birds. Birds. Yeah. The Allstate guy. Yeah, the manager. Yeah. Crafty veteran Eddie Harris. Up your butt, Joe B. <laughs> yeah. oh, now I gotta watch that movie. Yeah. All right. Major League number one. Alex. Uh, Homer at the bat. The Simpsons, 
all-time favorite baseball episode, whatever. It's awesome. Oh my gosh, so many, so many all-star. Even people that I recognized were in that episode. Daryl Strawberry, Boggs, uh, King Griffin Jr., <laughs> Gigantism. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's a sex <laughs> gets arrested. You know, there's a. I heard there was a n- murder in New York, and they never found. The- <laughs> yeah, they pin all on it. Yeah, that's, they that's pin everything. It's like a close uh, <laughs> Every unsolved murder on Steve Sex. <laughs> hey, what? Ha- hey, what happened to Mike Sosha? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> radiation poisoning. Will I be able to play softball tomorrow? <laughs> Sosh. Yeah. Jose it's, Canseco. It's crazy. Oh, he was the one that was saving the the appliances from the burning fire. Is that Canseco? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy Smith falls down the mystery hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> My that- favorite mind from the entire movie is when uh, Mr. Burns he's got to think about what to do. He, <laughs> Smith rubbed my head. And then, Yo, Strawberry hit a home run. <laughs> sure thing, Skip. <laughs> I told him to do that. Oh, that's genius. I, I like when when Burns has the the idea initially to bring in the ringers, and he starts naming off guys from like yeah. the turn of the century. He mentions like Joe Jackson, yes. <laughs> Mel Ott. Like he starts like naming all these these guys that are. Like, been dead that, for a super long time. Yeah. That is one thing from Field of Dreams is that these are not. I mean, these guys are old compared to Babe Ruth, <laughs> and Lou Gehrig, and stuff like they. These are old players. They mentioned in. Field I think Mr. Burns says Honus Wagner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go get me good players, living players. <laughs> Damn it, medically, how many times do I have to tell you about those cybers? Looks like he shades them off. Team. He's got a fucking reverse horizontal mohawk across his face. Uh, still like a better than Steinbrenner. Yeah, some, yeah. some of those players yeah. great. played for forever, too. That's a crazy thing. Like, I don't know when that episode came out, but uh, like Clemens and Griffin oh, were, were in the league for like well into the thousands, 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the. Uh... Hey, you play right field. I play right field. Yeah. Yes. Are you better than me? Well, I don't know you, but yes. <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> Daryl. I mean, that's the time. You just find out when that... When he got traded to the Dodgers is when that thing came out. So, figure that out. Yeah. All right. So well, he's, Scott, he's, what's he's a big leaguer. He can take it. Yeah. <laughs> uh my number one is his major league. All right. Yeah, go on forever about that one too. That's, uh... All right, knock that shit off. <laughs> well, I've got some white wall. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I say go out there and give a nice big shit burger to eat. I think you can go get him now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's my favorite line. Yeah, I think you can go get him now. All right. Uh, I had one honorable mention, which is a video game, and that is Baseball Stars. The greatest baseball game ever created. <laughs> Edmund, top five video games of all time. Yeah. Not Hardball for the Atari? No. And it it and Zelda were the only two games that I knew that had a battery. You guys probably know more. But this was an old classic Nintendo game that had a battery. Whew. Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't remember. It was like... 
Final Fantasy and, <laughs> and so yeah. like, like, like it's like role playing games, yeah. And they want you to put in the code, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't want to talk about this. So it was, and I went had management too. So you had there were basic like fake teams, and that or like you know the the, the seated teams, the standard teams, and then you could build your own team. So it was like you know stuff like EA Sports games do now, but they were doing this shit in '84, whatever. But you built your team based on money, just like nowadays. But you, every game you played, you earned so much money. But it depended on the prestige of your team. Right. So, okay. This is sound familiar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what you would do is you would play the teams with the highest. And we would just you know, someone hold player one. Someone we'd build our team to be really good. So my brother and I would like okay, and the, the girl team had the highest prestige. So you would just play them. We'd you'd have the mercy rule. We just keep and then build our prestige up and. And then we get a really good team, and then every so often, the battery would zap itself or whatever, and you'd lose everything. <laughs> My brother would get a beating, whether he deserved it or not. Play it. Sage. So All you right. tried the money ball it backfired. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you guys remember, some, like, for the SNES, like, the very first games that I had, it was like, Super Mario World, obviously. Obviously. And then, and then Pilot Wings and a baseball game. And I do not remember the name of the baseball game. It wasn't Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball? It was not that. It, it was okay. by Jellico, which is like out of business. Oh, game. Jellico. Jellico. Yeah. Um, it was like generic, baseball? just generic baseball. Like it wasn't even based on real teams, if I remember correctly. John Madden baseball? <laughs> <laughs> back, back to bats. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I, th- I, I want to say Tecmo did. No, you said Jalico already. Yeah, it wasn't RBI no, baseball. Oh, that sounds close. That Anyways, was, it was Tengen. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll figure this out. The weird with the weird cartridge. Because uh, I, I don't remember so much on Super Nintendo, but regular Nintendo, there was like four or five different baseball games at least. There was just a game called Baseball that was like the mm-hmm. Nintendo version. <laughs> then there was. Major Baseball, maybe? I don't remember. And then there was uh, Baseball Stars, RBI Baseball, which yeah, you already RBI, mentioned. RBI Baseball. I like that. Hard Pitch, maybe? I don't know. There were so many. But Baseball mm-hmm. Stars was by, by far the best. Cal Ripken had a baseball game. There you go. There uh, it is. God damn All right. This is going to bug me. And with that, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? Sports ball? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, look, I'm looking at this baseball. Game. Might, <laughs> might, it might be bases been... loaded. That... Oh, could have That been sounds loaded. familiar, yeah. but I don't know. That might have been Nintendo as well, though. Regular Nintendo. Mm. But I'm not sure. Well, uh, sorry to get off talking here, but uh, baseball has started, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, because uh, Georgia... At least the the politicians Georgia are pieces of shit. The uh, MLB has moved the All Star Game from Georgia to somewhere else. Denver, to be, Colorado. To be decided. No, they announced tonight, Colorado. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, I don't want to get into it, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> you reap what you sow, man. Yep. Yep. It's okay. So, it was super bases loaded. Uh, oh, there you go. And the the teams were the Atlanta Amoebas, the Boston, but like, okay, there's, there's going to be some alliteration here. 
the the Boston yeah. Buzzards, the Chicago Cyclops, the New York Mercs. <laughs> <That one's... laughs> Everybody hates New York. I guess that one's pretty funny. The Philadelphia Hawks, the Washington Weasels, <laughs> the Hawaii Islanders. Jesus. Uh, racist. The, the Kansas City Kings. That one actually makes sense. Yeah. Um, the Los Angeles Lizards. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. The Seattle Storm, the Texas Tornadoes, and the Utah Stars. Doesn't Seattle have a team called the Storm? Um, Isn't that I the WNBA? I don't think they're called the Storm. It's a soccer team. Well, that's the Sounders up there, right? The yeah, Sounders. I don't know. I mean, Storm is probably... There has to be some like, semi-pro. Yeah, I thought there was. Maybe some arena football team or something. If not, there's an X-Men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. I love Storm. Aurora. Queen of um, Wakanda. Just saying. All right. Before we leave Alex No Sports, I wanted, since we're talking about baseball, let's keep it going. Real yeah. quick, what are your guys' favorite in in the park baseball moments? <laughs> in the park baseball moments. I'm sure uh, Scott and I have been to a few more than you, Alex, but I know you've been to a. I can, I can definitely tell you my, my least favorite. <laughs> Was, well, what's your there, least favorite? I was there for the 2005 uh, playoffs against the White Sox. Oof, that was brutal. The the, the strike three call? No, I was I wasn't no. at the game. I wasn't at Is that Enrico game, Palazzo. But I was at another game. I think it was like the like the last game, like the closeout game. Oh, okay. Reason, and I, I that was depressing. <laughs> um, favorite moments? Uh, hmm. Not memorable. It doesn't have to be just like you know we've been to. I said. We've all been to a lot of games, right? At least Scott and I. Like, there's so many, but some stand out more than others. Uh, just, just off the top mm-hmm. of my head, um, heckling uh, uh, Richie um, at first <laughs> Not base. my Richie. Yeah. Richie Sexton. Richie Sexton. Because we were, like, right behind first base. Like, a, well, not right behind, but, like, a few rows back. <laughs> just yeah. heckling that guy the whole game with, with quotes from, from La Bomb. <laughs> that was a hot dare. I remember that. <laughs> that was, yeah, there was no shade there. That sucked. Um... <laughs> Uh, I definitely what been about to some avocado. Games where, like, I, I've been to like a 15 inning game or 16 inning game. Um, I don't know if that was like my favorite, but that definitely sticks out. <laughs> um, so do you remember the one that we all went to? I think it was Romero. Like set it up, and we sat out there in left field. Oh, it was like all of us. It was a group of us, like 15 or whatever. And Vladdy hit one right, like three rows ahead of us. Like that one stands out to me. Oh, yeah, I think I think yeah, Jeff, you right. and I had a couple, like two or three in a row where we went to opening game. Yeah, there was, there was one year we had really shitty seats. <laughs> we couldn't even see. We couldn't even see Garrett Anderson. No, we could we, we could see yeah. the right fielder. We could not see the center, the left fielder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where we were sitting, it was they were not not great seats. Yeah, um, what else? The at a Boston game where they. Boston lost, um, so that that was good because they were heckling the whole game. Uh, Is that one with Daniel? Yeah, that was like the one. Uh, Remember that? These drunk Boston fans, uh, being obnoxious. Yeah. Um, I remember one. This is late. I mean, this was. I mean, Vladdy, Vladdy was on the team, so it was already a while ago. But it was much later. Like I went with my parents and my brother a lot to games. And then I'd been forever with my brother or my parents. And then finally, me, Brian, and Annie decided we should go as a family, take my mom and dad. We went out and sat, like, you know, in our right field, those seats out there. 
but we had like front row, right right center field, and it was kind of a boring game. Like literally, it was, it was like a one nothing. They were losing the whole time. And the bottom of the ninth, once again, Vladdy hit a two-run home walk-off home run. I remember that being pretty cool. And then he went to Angelo's afterwards, which was great. That's, that's of course. Pretty red. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I was at a game when Mike Trout made one of his ridiculous ridiculous catches out in center field. Um, I was there at Angel Stadium when Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. hit back-to-back home runs. Father and son duo, never going to happen again. Um and then, not Angel Stadium, but I went to old Yankee Stadium with my dad uh, several years ago. Like, the last year Yankee Stadium was there, which the game was pretty boring, but, you know, my one and only time being there and with my dad, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. The one that I had that is very memorable was when I had my 15 minutes of fame in high school because we were seated, I think it was just me, Romero, and Brian. Maybe Jacob was there, too. But we were seated on the pitcher's immediate left side so whenever they had a profile shot of the pitcher you could see our blurry <laughs> silhouettes in the back so much so that people actually recognized us the next day at school it was like hey were you guys in a baseball game last night <laughs> yeah. that was pretty fucking awesome and then <laughs> while the game was uh, the like the last pitch <laughs> in the ninth inning <laughs> fucking Romero starts yeah up starts I, was, I, was, I was gonna I was gonna say yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing the angels in the outfield yeah. and, we, and I was watching the fucking replay on TV <laughs> and we saw him do it <laughs> been a couple fucking, games I was Romero's, crying and he'll he'll bust that out <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty funny. that was awesome nice mm-hmm. alright any others um, I went to uh uh Angel game at Dodger Stadium, and I was wearing okay. my, my my Angels gear. Um, years. So that that was fun. Uh, mm. Just getting heckled, but <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that's, that bad. But, that's uh, good. I guess I, I forgot about this. I'll add it. Um, my uncle used to have uh, a suite at Dodger Stadium, and we did with my parents and a bunch of my aunts and uncles. We had a big party out in one of his suites one time, and that was uh, that was a great time. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but that was one of my uh, good memories with my uncle. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, it's, with that, it's time for Niamh New. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay, uh, as usual recently, uh, we're going to talk about some, some Marvel television shows on uh, Disney+. Plus. Uh, so we'll circle around to that, though, uh, and we will start... With you, Alex, if there's anything you wanted to go over. Um, not really. Uh, let's see. I haven't done <laughs> much of anything in the past week. So, I got another. Oh, wait. I started, uh, be- because of Brotherhood of the Wolf, I started playing Greedfall. The, okay. um, the Western RPG on the PS4. Uh, I'm having a good time with it. It looks cool. It's gorgeous. Running around, uh, you know... Uh, wooded areas and stuff in the forest, killing big old like werewolves and shit. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool to, so far. You have to let me know how that that goes because yeah, that was something that made its way onto my radar. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, Jeff, anything you want to talk about? Uh, I've been playing this new game called Warcraft Three. <laughs> um, I started. I think I mentioned this a few weeks back. I kind of stopped, but then recently I picked it up again, and I'm having fun with it. I play it here and there, like do one. I'm just doing the campaign level stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You're not going yeah, pro Mark's... on the Korean circuit? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I finished the human campaign, the Scourge. Well, I don't know if I finished it, but I mean, I'm on to the next chapter. So I started the orc stuff with Thrall and okay. Hellscream or whatever. Some of the stuff I remember, some I don't. And I'm playing that the new version or whatever, which I don't even know what's changed. It seems the same <laughs> to me, just I guess updated graphics. I don't know. I heard there were some complaints when it first came out, and I think they reverted those. But I'm not sure. Anyway, I'm enjoying it. And yeah, I am very... I mean, I play strategy games like the worst. I just like mm-hmm. drag the corner from one... Across from one corner to the other, grab every single character possible. <laughs> Attack this guy! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your APMs uh, just aren't there, Jeff. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, yeah, I like... The orcs uh, are... I don't know, they're probably the coolest. <laughs> they're the coolest, yeah. Because they're the coolest base unit with the grunts. Um, and then you, yes. you you get the... Eventually you get the tauren. Get the... They're just swinging around logs. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. I definitely always enjoyed the the orcs. Even when I played World of Warcraft. I didn't... I always wanted to play an orc. I just never got... Because I started an, an undead character. I liked it more. But I always wanted to be... Because I wanted the wolf mount. That's what I wanted. God damn it. <laughs> I just never played long enough. So... Anyway. Warcraft 3. Check it out, kids. It's, it's just came out recently. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. It's the bee's knees. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's the cat's Literally. pajamas. <laughs> that term was in use when that game came out. <laughs> all right, then. Uh, moving on to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so, third episode uh, is, is out now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, a lot to talk about. Even though I don't think a lot actually happens. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I'm having trouble remembering what actually happened in the episode. I know <laughs> New Cap was mad. Yeah, so, so, start to, so I th- again, I thought it was interesting, just to, to recap, pun intended, uh, mm-hmm. last week, about how we see the New Cap, uh, John Walker, go from, like, poster boy to just kind of a little unhinged by the end. We kind of see him start to crack. Mm-hmm. And um, in this one, uh, we see him a couple times, and he's definitely on edge. Um, you know, he's yeah. He starts talking about going, you know, breaking the rules. And how far is he willing to go? We'll see. Like, he he almost gets violent with a a prisoner, um, and nobody really stops him either. He he just kind of well, Captain America. He's kind of stopped himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but like, how long before he crosses that line? This is. Kind of, kind of what they're aiming for here. <laughs> Next um, episode. But yeah, I was I, in, in my head. I'd built up this whole thing of like Baron. Are you? It wasn't even a Baron yet of, of Zemo. Like what? Uh, you know, Master oh, Ryan. Yeah. What? What? That's what Hannibal Lecter thing is he gonna do? And instead, they just like do one of those um, those tropes where they explain the heist, but then they show the heist being carried out as they're explaining the heist. Right. Um, where they, they break him out. Um, I, I didn't want to think about too hard about how he got that that book to him. <laughs> or that card in that book. Uh, they did he did break out a little too easy, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's fine. I was like, I'm not going to think about it too much. Because what comes later is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, they, 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 they bust him out, basically. Or at least uh, Bucky does it. 
um, Sam's rightfully so like, what the hell are we doing? And then uh, somehow gets talked into it. <laughs> it's like, no, this guy's like, <laughs> like a global like supervillain, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we actually see a much more comic book version of Zemo this time around. Um, properly, he's Baron Zemo. You know, in in uh, Civil War, I thought they went out of their way to make him just like a normal military officer. Um, you know, they never mentioned the fact that he's he's Baron. He's just like, oh yeah, his family was killed. That's part of his tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden, all that stuff is back in play. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, Wait a minute, you're actually rich? Yeah. But he's like a Baron. Um, he, he the just jumping ahead here a little bit. The mask he puts on is goofy, and I don't know they did it just so that they could throw in a stunt double. Like I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> it was yeah, necessary. From the comic points. book, yeah. Like it was fine for him to have a mask or even to put it on, but just to put it on right before an action sequence and then take it off again was, <laughs> was, was a little weak. Yeah. Um, but I, I I love Daniel Brühl here. Um, he he's definitely having fun with with this character. Uh, they they do the whole kind of underworld James Bond thing, uh, or James Bond ish, which really we really only see in uh, Black Panther, which we'll actually reference uh, before, yeah. before this episode's over. Uh, yeah, when when they're in um, Majapur, that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, they they randomly go in a tunnel and then they're down by the seaside doesn't make a lot of sense but there's this whole like town of like underworld people and it's it's a lot of fun and it's cool it's not something you see in a a lot of marvel stuff um the uh we learn a little bit more about the power broker um just some nebulous force Um, hey broker who at least this far doesn't seem to be um Hydra doesn't seem to be like really affiliated with anybody in particular, um, but we'll we'll see as it goes along. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of Hydra, just to go back to to Zemo, um, it is interesting that he shows up and starts working with them. Like he clearly is going to have some agenda, and he's going to double cross them, and it's, it's right. It's going to end badly. But I thought when he I thought when he went off on the shootout and stuff, he wasn't coming back. They, they, and they, then at the end he shows up at the yeah car they they the try car. to make it seem like that but uh, yeah. but he there was there was nothing keeping him from not showing up to begin with though like once he was oh yeah that's true like they they show up at that garage and then he he shows up too like if he wanted to he just split yeah so I do think it's interesting that he he does want to work with them or at least use them in whatever whatever his plan is. Um, Seems to genuinely like want to get rid of all the super serum stuff, though. Whether mm-hmm. that's because he has his own stash somewhere or something, we'll, we'll find out. Hello, um, it seems like he is—he's really against that. Uh, but I, I do I, again do really like the, the way he's playing it, and he adds a, a fun dynamic. Um, you know, a lot of chemistry between all three of them. Um, so yeah, like all that's a lot of fun. You get get some some uh, big dumb action sequences, some some buddy cop stuff. Mm-hmm. Which which was okay, uh, like no, you should have gone this way. You should have gone this way. Where they're in the middle of a shootout, um, we we get to see uh, the other Carter, uh, Sharon. Sharon Carter, thank you. Yeah, 
show up and, and gets an extended sequence where she's kicking all kinds of ass. Um, yeah, they're they're having like a nice cozy conversation with a fucking nerd, and she's out there wrecking house, getting the shit beat out of her. Yeah, so so that was fun. Yeah, uh, but it is interesting to learn that things didn't go so well for her. You know, she's she's not she's not an A-lister. Did they? Or did they? Yes, that's true. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she they, they they hinted that that she wasn't actually in such dire straits. Although she seems straight up just killing people, um, so she's definitely into something darker than she was before mm-hmm. at least um but you see her show up explain what happens to her um so uh you know, some, something I, I missed was the, the very beginning of the episode um speaking of her like they didn't really explain whether she blipped out or not like, i don't know if you guys caught that yeah uh i don't think she did because she was exiled, or she can't come back. She's still like a wanted person in the states. That she needs immunity. So I, I think they might have been looking for her the whole time. Hmm. I think that too. Also, the fact that she, you know, she has that museum. How could she have done right, that? But, but just... there was, but there was, there was quite a bit of time between when she helped out, like when she stole the shield and, and the wings and stuff, in Civil War between when the, the snap happened. Possible. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, um, I don't know that it's even important. It was just something I was curious about um, because at the very beginning of the episode, we learn a little more about the whatever agency um, that 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 spawned yeah. out of the out of the blip, as people are calling it. Um, it's not entirely clear what it is that they do exactly. Uh, like I'm a little fuzzy on that. Maybe you guys have a better idea. Wait, which agency? The one that's helping people who came back after the blip. So, you know, you lost your job, oh, you lost your house, you lost... Yeah. It seems I to have a military it, arm around yeah, the world. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, that's a cover to do, like, clandestine bullshit around well, the world. Well, yeah, they're, they're obviously doing, like, they're up to shady shit. Or uh, or yeah. at least, like, author... You know, uh, like, authoritarian... Can't speak. Authoritarian. Thank you. Stuff. Yes. Um... But like, what what is the thing that people think it is that they do? Uh, financial aid, housing, shit like that. That's Mental what health. The, yeah, that's know. what the yeah the commercial, okay. the fake commercial. Which, by the way, the wife and I were watching, and it's like, what the fuck is this? One division? Where's another commercial here? What's with Marvel commercials? Yeah, I thought it was a boner pill commercial. <laughs> yeah, people I mean, could, riding their bikes on the beach. I mean, I might as well be. Anyway, so we get some shootouts. We we learn that that this scientist has reverse engineered the the super soldier serum, mm-hmm. um, and it's all been stolen. And the lab gets busted before anything can happen. So those are the only whatever like only samples out in theory. Um, so that, that's pretty much and, it for them. And he reversed it from the Isaiah guy we met last yes. week, right? Yes. Yeah. Like I think it was like plants or something. The like the old whatever plants that gets ground up and yeah, his genetic material. Uh, they referenced Stanley Tucci's character's name, which I could not have told you. <laughs> no. Once they said it, I was like, oh, okay, uh, Doctor whatever his name was. Um, Tucci. Oh yeah, Asimov. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then we get the the terrorist. Uh, I can't remember her name. The 
the girl with the red with all the freckles. Um, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. So they Empress Nest. Yeah, she loses her <laughs> foster mother. They were again they weren't clear on that, and then they raid for the supplies to help people. But then she blows it up, um, and she knew it was going to happen too. So. She's yeah. Like, oh, they're not completely altruistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So that's interesting. Um, they're setting up a some kind of confrontation between her and the power broker, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Um, and that's that's basically the episode. So, like now, you know, we we got to learn what the power broker is who they are, um, how are Cap 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 keeps saying, how are the Falcon and Bucky gonna finally meet up with this, this girl? Because that's what they're vectoring in on, um, along with the help of Zemo. What's Zemo's angle, which right now to me is the most interesting thing. He's the power broker. Spoilers! I don't know. That would be interesting. Yeah. I, that would be very interesting if that were it, the case. It crossed my mind. So Yeah, that he's still doing it from jail. I was like, yeah, but he was in jail. But you can still do shit from jail. Um, so, what if it's Sharon Carter? <laughs> I don't think so. There are, there are a lot of rumors yeah. or people speculating that it's Sharon, but it's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Let's see what, what Sharon Carter's angle how how is the new cap gonna break? <laughs> and then, so I was gonna interrupt the one scene where they're on the bar and they go in undercover or whatever, and he kind of reactivates the Winter Soldier in that whole scene, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But as a side effect, you notice he was basically you know everything that he used to get um, his pardon. About him not being mean, everyone was taking videos of him. Yes, kicking yes, ass that, in that bar. Yeah, Shit. that's that's gonna come back. Totally. So I'm wondering if that gives the new cap ammunition to go take him down now, like that. Damn, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so that is gonna be interesting. I don't know, but that was something that I did think of. Like everyone's recording him, and his whole thing is being good now. No, don't hurt anybody. They keep mentioning that rule or whatever. Um, so. He shouldn't have been standing there. And it just was like his. They they knew of him, like the Winter Soldier. Like that was that's a whole whole other thing that we didn't get to see, right? Is him in the underworld doing all that stuff, and they just I thought that was really cool. Also, that stuff it felt a little John Wickish to me. That whole little area, and then as soon as they killed or Sharon killed um, that head chick, I don't know what her name was. Everyone got like the Bitcoin bounty on him, and <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, was, that John Wick yeah, too. I that think that was definitely right out of John Wick. <laughs> yeah. The whole underworld scene, too. Yeah, yeah. That, um, so, so those vampires? They could have been. And werewolves? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's the MCU. City is cool. they, have, they have a little bit of everything. Um, <laughs> that so, Matagrill or whatever is a cool place. I hope they go back to it for Magipore. other things. Magipore, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. So all that said, I just wanted to, to finish this up by talking about some of the funny stuff in this episode. Um, when after Sharon kind of rescues them, um, and she tells him to enjoy the party, and then he just keeps cutting back to Zemo, just like doing this weird dance, yeah, or, or like or like checking out the paintings. Like he's just a weird dude, <laughs> and, I, and I really enjoy yeah, it. Barons, you know. Um, so I thought, they enjoy thought, tapestries. I thought that was funny. Uh, the the funniest moment um, is is when the uh, uh, when they're when they're talking to the to the underground woman leader and Sam gets the phone call <laughs> and they make him put it on speaker and it's really not going well to begin with and all of a sudden you, you, you hear <laughs> yell, yell his sister yell at the kid in the background like 
no, don't get into the Cheerios. <laughs> that, that made me laugh out loud. Um, no, seriously, can you, an Avenger does not know to put his phone on vibrate or at the minimum and not silent. Well, Sam, Sam seems not good at this, like at the the. Mm-hmm. I don't know, espionage, not espionage, but at the um, covert stuff. Like that's not his bag. God. Yeah. Seriously though, still. Tony Stark should, I'm sure, gave him a special phone that knew where he was and did not vibrate. He already gave him the wings. Yeah. <laughs> Super yeah. up for him. He's like, nah, that's it. No and phone. Then, the other, the, other uh, the last thing I want to talk about was, the, uh, it was also funny, really funny. Was Wait, the, oh, sorry, I interrupted. Did he get those wings from Stark? I thought that was a, a I, S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. No, no, that wasn't even a S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. It was a like a U.S. military originally. Yeah, but I think Tony oh. souped them up. With uh, Red Wing and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, so when they're when they're on the private jet, and somehow Zemo got the notebook, um, and was reading it, and he gets it back, and then they start talking about all the music that that Steve Rogers has written in there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then Zemo starts talking about how, like, it's like the quintessential like African American experience and. <laughs> just the look on, on Sam's face and he says something like he, he's way out of line but he's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <he's> just... <laughs> yeah good. that was great anyway so uh, yeah Falcon the, Winter Soldier Alex, tune in next week Alex or Jeff anything else you want to talk about go over here uh, Loki June 11th ooh <laughs> bam Bamf. Did you just uh, Nightcrawler? <laughs> Nightcrawler. <on> Bam, <laughs> come out. Uh, no, I thought this movie was like uh, you know a little less budget. The fight scene was pretty much just sharing, kicking ass in the in the <laughs> container it. yard. So uh-huh. uh, uh, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm interested in this doctor. Like he, you know, though his whole thing was the CIA hired him to do the research, and then he blipped out when he came back. They didn't want nothing to do with him. So. You know, it started with other parties. I, I don't know. There's, like, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Um, I like this episode more than the first or the second one, I think. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. Can't wait to see. I, I think with you, Scott, the Baron Zemo stuff is pretty interesting. Obviously, he's playing the game here. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. A baseball game? Yeah. Super mm, baseball. He's probably playing baseball stars. Yeah, probably. But yeah, that's all I got. Can't wait for the next week or this week. All right, I think that wraps things up then. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Go watch some baseball. Watch some Winter Falcon. (laughs) If you wear a mask, it will go. There you go. Go get your vaccine if you're eligible. Yes, please. Keep wearing your mask. We're almost out of this, folks, hopefully. <laughs> Vaccines are free, by the way. I can't believe there's a there's a whole group of people that that uh, are hesitant to get it because they think it's going to cost a lot of money. It's free. Do it. Yeah. Free. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be excellent to each other. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.